don't know about you, but against hope, we learned last week, we can believe in hope. Even when, when this world has no hope for us, we are never hopeless because we are never helpless. God is on us and in us and with us and for us. And our hope is in you, God. You are the everlasting God. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. We serve a God who sits on the circle of the earth. Come on now, give God some praise. Let's sing that one more time. Come on, all over the building. In this moment, in this atmosphere, we're going to set our faith in agreement. For those of you that are watching at home, do me a favor. Get up off the couch, release your faith, set your faith in agreement for what God is going to do. We serve an everlasting God. Doesn't matter what you're going through right now, God is not phased by it. God is not moved by it. He's an everlasting God. From everlasting to everlasting, He is God. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this moment. This is a divine moment. And so, Father, we're ready. We're ready for the impartation of righteousness that you're going to deposit in our lives through the Holy Ghost. You said in your word that we have not need that any man teach us anything, but the anointing, the Holy Spirit, which we receive from you and not from the world. He's the teacher, and he teaches us all things. And so, Father, as I attempt to teach, I get out of the way, and I let the, the teacher teach through me. You speak through my vocal cords. You think through my mind. You operate through my limbs. You manifest your glory. You make an impartation of righteousness today. You, you teach your word through my personality in a way that people can see, hear, and understand. And all of us believe that we will never be the same. In Jesus' name, give God some praise all over the sanctuary. Thank you so much. Thank you. Let's give God some praise for the music ministry, the dance ministry. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Before you sit down, let's give God some praise for our apostles. Apostles Tony and Cynthia Brazelton. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It does matter where you go to church. Let me just say this. Uh, I posted a picture of Apostle Tony. Uh, Pastor Tony and I took a picture right there. I said, Dad, we don't, we don't ever really take a picture. Come on, let's take a picture. We took a picture, and I posted it, and this is what I said, and then I'm going to let you sit down. I said, I said, you should have at least one person in your life whose anointing on their life makes you feel inadequate. 
and I, and I said not inadequate in a bad way. I mean inadequate, like you should be around somebody who is so anointed that when you walk away from them, it makes you want to pray more, get into the Word more, study more. You know what I'm saying? Apostles Tony and Cynthia Brazelton are anointed, and they're on that level, and we honor them. Come on, let's give God some praise for our man of God and our woman of God. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, you may be seated. Elder Damon, this wasn't part of my introduction, but since you went to Hebrews 4, I guess I'm going to just go ahead and flow in that vein. And so, so he dealt with Hebrews 4, and so this is his fault. Uh, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4 that there's a promise of rest. Say rest. There's a promise of rest that remains. That means that that promise is still good. The Bible says that the gospel was preached unto us, say us, as well as unto them, say them, but it didn't profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. In other words, you can be in the same place at the same time, hear the same word. One person get blessed, the other person not get blessed because one person has faith, the other person doesn't have faith. And so, so listen, uh, I think it was Jesse Duplantis that said, some people say, oh, I tried that faith thing, Art. I tried faith and faith didn't work. Jesse Duplantis said, no, faith tried you. <laughs> and you didn't work. You know what I'm saying? No, no, there wasn't. There's not a problem with faith. There's a problem with you. And so, so we are the just. We're called to live by faith. The Bible says that the promise of rest still remains. But, but, but in that same chapter, Elder Damon, it says that we have to labor to enter into God's rest, right? Labor. Say labor. labor. We have to labor to enter into God's rest. The highest form of faith. Say this. Say the highest form of faith is rest. The highest form of faith, this is how you know you're really in faith, Elder Bell, is when you're resting in the promise of God, you're not worrying about it, you're not stressing out over it, you're, you're, not, you're not considering whether or not it's going to happen, you're, you stagger not at the promise of God through unbelief because you consider not, and so since you're not considering, you're not staggering, you're not wavering, you're not faltering, you're not stressing, you're not losing sleep over it, not, you're not pulling your hair out, you have entered into God's rest, but the Bible says that we have to labor, say labor labor to enter into God's rest. The way that I explained that, Elder Damon, from Hebrews chapter 4, is that we have to work on not working. <laughs> it's, it's counterintuitive. It's counterintuitive. It's hard, and especially counterintuitive for somebody like me, because I'm a go-getter, and I want to go get it. And so, so if you're a go-getter, and you want to go get it, like, I mean, some people are lazy, right? But not us. Say not us. Okay, I got, you could be born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, and be lazy, uh, but not us. Say not us. So some people are go-getters, and they just want to go get it. And, and the problem is that, that those of us that are go-getters and we want to go get it, sometimes we, we want to put our hands on something that God didn't t tell us to put our hands on. And so God wants us to, to labor to enter into God's rest. We have to work on not working, and we have to work on not putting our hands on stuff that God didn't tell us to put our hands on. That's what Abraham and Sarah did when they tried to come up with a plan B. They, they, they didn't enter into God's rest. And so we have to enter into God's rest. Last week, I taught a message entitled Grace, Faith, and Trust. Were you blessed by that? Amen. Amen. Praise God. And so, so what we do is we teach methodically. We're, we're teaching line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept. And so we're going to build on it. And so this is Grace, Faith, and Trust Part 2. The title of today's message is It's Already Done. Look at somebody say, it's already done. 
So here's the problem, though. Here's the problem. Like, we say stuff, this, that's like a churchy kind of saying, right? That's a churchy statement. It's look at your neighbor. It's already done. High five somebody. Say, it's already done. But then you leave here, and you're like, dog, it ain't done. You know? And so, 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 so yeah, that you have to believe. You have to live off of this alternate reality. It's almost like you're living in an alternate universe, and you're living in the earth, but you're living in sync with heaven. And God is telling you in your heart that it's already done, but you're not seeing it yet in the earth. El, uh, Apostle Rennie McLean years ago taught us that the earth is on delayed time. Say delayed time. It's like the earth is on delayed time. And so we're living off of a different reality because up here in heaven, we see it as already done. But down here, it's like these people haven't caught up with that reality yet. And that's why they don't see me the way I see me. And they don't see me the way God sees me because they don't know who I am yet. But one day they're going to find out who I am. One day they're going to, yeah, one day it'll catch up with them and the light will come on and they'll be like, oh, snap, he was with me the whole time. I should have been honoring him before. Before, you know what I'm saying? I didn't even know that this, man, this was a man of God, a woman of God. God. And so, so yes, we got to understand that it's already done, but for us, it's a matter of time. And so, Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12, the Bible says that we have to add patience to our faith in order to obtain the promises of God. So, it's faith. It is through faith and patience that we obtain the promises of God. Why? Because in God's realm, it's already done, but for us, it's a matter of time. So, we have to add pa- patience to our faith. Now, if you have—it is dangerous— to have faith without patience, it is dangerous to have patience without faith. Let me explain. So if you have faith without patience, then you're going to be one of those that you're going to believe and receive, decree and declare. You're going to stand on your scriptures. You're going to do your confessions because you got some confessions on, the, on your mirror in the bathroom, and then you got some other confessions by your coffee table in your prayer room, and then you got some more confessions in the car. You know what I'm saying? And so you're doing your confessions. You believe and you're receiving. You're meditating on the Word. You're getting the Word of God down in your heart. But if you have faith without patience, you're, you are going to grow weary in well-doing because you, you're not going to hold on long enough to see the manifestation of the promise, Galatians 6 and 9 says, be not weary in doing what is right, for in due season, in other words, there's a season where my breakthrough, my promise is going to come due. So, so that promise comes due in the due season, and I shall reap in the due season, the Bible says, if I don't give up. But, but if I don't have patience, then I'm going to give up before it happens, right? But now there's other people, say other people. Other people have patience but no faith. So they have long suffering, and they know how to suffer long. (laughs) And so they're they're suffering long, and they know how to go through, and they're holding to God's unchanging. Hey, watch it. Hey, they know how to rock with it and everything. And so they know how to hold on. They know how to suffer. They know how to suffer long, but they don't know how to change their situation because they don't have no faith. And so, so they just know how to hold on, and they're going to wait till my change come. Watch it now, baby. And so, so, yeah, they're waiting, but they don't know how to change nothing. So some people have faith without patience. Some people have patience without faith, but it is through faith and patience that we obtain the promises of God because it's already done, but for us it's a matter of time. Say amen to that. All right, now I can get started. Elder Damon got me over here all in Hebrews chapter 4. All right, so, all right, so now that we understand that, let's get an understanding of a few things. I'm going to read a few scriptures for you. Uh, you guys probably shouldn't take notes because I talk, I talk fast. All right, so anyway, but we'll try. Here we go. Say, God made plans for me from the foundations of the world. 
very, so these are foundational stuff. Grace, faith, trust, these are foundational concepts that you got to understand for you to be a man of God, woman of God, to walk with God by faith. So anyway, let me give you some foundational scriptures, and then we're going to expound on it. So uh, Jeremiah 1 and 5, very familiar scripture. The Bible says, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee to be a prophet unto the nation. So God is having a conversation with this young man, Jeremiah. And God says to Jeremiah, I want you to know that before you had a body, you had a calling. Before you had a body, you had a calling. Not only that, but I knew you. Not only that, but I sanctified you or set you apart. Not only that, Art, I had an ordination service in heaven. You know how oh, we got ordination service on Tuesday night, you know, 7 p.m., everybody come, you know, get ready. No, no. God had an ordination service in heaven, Art, for you and ordained you for your divine assignment before you had a body, before you were born. And so if, if that's true, and that's true, I mean, it's in the Bible, right? If that's true, then, then my life can't be about me and what I want. My life has to be about God and what God wants for me. Psalms 139 verse 16, Message Bible. The Bible says, like an open book, you watch me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life, all of them, all the stages of my life were spread out before you, God. The days of my life were all prepared before I ever lived one day. So the Bible says that all the days of my life were prepared before I ever lived one day. So God, say, God planned for me. All right, Isaiah 49 and 5. The Bible says, and now the Lord says, he who formed me in the womb to be his servant. Isaiah says, hey, you know what? God formed me in the womb, and from the womb I was already called to be this prophet to bring Jacob back to him and to gather Israel to himself, for I am honored in the eyes of the Lord, and God has been my strength. He's saying that my assignment to minister to Jacob, to minister to Israel, was ordained for me from the womb. Say, from the womb. Galatians 1 and 15, the Bible says, this is the Apostle Paul who, who terrorized the church. He says, but when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace. So the Bible says that, listen, from my mother's womb, God separated me, even though I was persecuting the church, even though I was, I was too young to kill Stephen, so I held the coats of the men that were there, even though I was having Christians burnt alive at the stake and persecuted, even though I was on the wrong side of the movement, God called me to lead the movement. Movement, and so it wasn't by works, it was by grace. So God could not disqualify myself from something I never qualified for in the first place because God knew all the mistakes I was going to make and he called me from my mother's womb anyway. Say I'm qualified. All right, so I'm just laying the foundation. This is foundational stuff, right? So the, he, let me give you five key truths from this. From what I just read, I'm going to give you five quick things and I'm going to give you a lot of stuff today. All right, so number one, you are not a mistake. Say I'm not a mistake. Number two, God made plans for you before the world began. You got to think about that. Man, God planned for my arrival before the world began. Number three, God sent you to this planet at just the right time for such a time as this. People say, oh, I wish I would have been born when Jesus was here. I wish I would have not been born until we had spaceships. I wish I would. Listen, don't even worry about all that. You know when you was born? You was born when you was born. You was born where you was born because of why you was born. So you were born for such a time as this. God deployed you to this planet at just the right time. In the fullness of time, God sent you to the world. Say amen to that. Number four, we learned from Jeremiah that God had an ordination service in heaven, and he ordained you for your purpose before you were ever born. And then number five, since you were born ignorant, say ignorant. ignorant. 
The word ignorant, y'all, don't get get upset. That just means you didn't know. Uh, You were born ignorant of God's plans. Uh, Since you were born ignorant of God's plans, God has to work with you to reveal his plans to you once you're born again. So we're born ignorant of God's plans. And since we're born ignorant of God's plans, most of us start making plans. What do you want to be when you grow up? And then we, we, and as parents, we mess up and we say, baby, you could be whatever you want, right? Whatever you want, baby, that's what you can be. You could be whatever you want. And then, then they come up with plans. And where do you want to go to school? And what do you want to do? Like God didn't already make plans. And then you get born again, and now you're born again, and the Holy Spirit begins, uh uh-oh, watch this, the Holy Spirit, once you're born again, the Holy Spirit begins to reveal to you what was prepared for you, but concealed from you. And so now the Holy Spirit is revealing to you what was prepared for you, stored up for you from the foundations of the world, but concealed from you, and you were ignorant of that. But now that the Holy Spirit begins to reveal it, watch this, now that as soon as the Holy Spirit begins to reveal it, you are posed with a decision. Because now you have an internal conflict between the plans you came up with and the plans that God came up with. Now you have an internal conflict. Talk to me, Paul. When Paul, when the apostle Paul was Saul of Tarsus and God kicked him off his high horse in Acts chapter 9 and, and the light came down and shone about, uh, around him, then what happened? God revealed to Paul that he was called to minister to the Gentiles. The problem is Paul has spent all his life becoming Saul of Tarsus. Paul has spent all his life, he studied under Gamaliel. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He studied the law. He was prepared in the law. And God says, now you prepared all your life presenting yourself, letting everybody know this is my identity. And you didn't even realize that you were living your life with a false ID. And now I'm going to reveal to you your true identity to you. And I'm going to reveal you to you. And when that happens, you have to, now you're posed with the decision for me to become what is already done. I have to die to what I became on my own. Say amen to that. So, so success in Christ is not a matter of more trying. Success in Christ is a matter of more dying. Say amen to that. But, but because... Uh, Elder Bell, but because I'm destined, say I'm destined. Because I'm destined, because I'm called, because God had this ordination service in heaven before I was born, then I am pre-wired for my purpose. I am predisposed to operate in my divine assignment. So all your life, you didn't even know it, but all your life, you were good at something that you didn't even know why you were good at it. All your life, things in that lane, you were, it's, it's not that it's effortless, but it's sweatless. Because you're flowing, you tapped into the grace of God, and you didn't even know why you, were, you had this grace. It comes, it comes sweatless to you. Why? Because you're tapping into your divine assignment. Frustration sets in when you're making a demand on God for something that's not yours. Frustration sets in when you're outside, when there's no alignment with your divine assignment. But watch this. So here you are. If you're not aligned, this is my divine assignment right here, but I'm over here and I'm trying to do this, I'm, but I'm believing God, and I'm coming to church every Sunday. Sunday, and I'm coming to church every Wednesday, and I'm de- decreeing and declaring. I'm believing and receiving. I'm, I'm giving my tithes. I'm sowing my offering. I'm over here. I'm making a demand, and it's not happening because I'm out of alignment. And I'm asking God to bless something that he can't bless because he didn't create it. And so God is saying, I need you to get over there. And as soon as I make this course correction through the Holy Ghost, now I don't have to ask God to bless it because it's already blessed. 
So now I make a course correction, and it's like, woo, I tapped into the grace of God, and now doors are opening for me that no man can close, and doors are closing for me that no man can open, and God is lining up divine appointments for me, and things are happening for me by the grace of God, and it's happening at just the right time. Say amen to that. But over here, I was trying to make it happen. Over here, I'm tapped into God and what is already done. And so now I'm over here. I'm tapped into the grace of God. And so now I realize that there's some things that are already done. And so I was pre-wired for this. I was predestined for this. I was already prepared for this. Say amen to that. I'm called to a multiracial ministry. I'm called to, to reach all kinds of people from all kinds of backgrounds, black and white, Hispanic, Asian, rich and poor, young and old, male and female. And so I didn't even know it, Elder Bell, but growing up in East New York, Brooklyn, I was one of the only kids that could hang out with the Dominicans and the Puerto Ricans and over here, with, and the Jamaicans and the Guatemalans and all that, and then be over here and walk three blocks away in, in Brownsville or in Bed-Stuy and hang out with those blacks and Puerto Ricans. Some people was over here then and salsa merengue. Some people over here was, was hip-hop. You know what I'm saying? So I'm over here. Hip-hop grew up around me, and I'm one of the only people that could go in and out of all of these things and all of these places because, God, I didn't even know it. I'm pre-wired for it. I, I'm predestined for it. There's a grace that's on me for it. So I go into corporate America, and I can operate on a board and be a board advisor. And let's talk about some things there. And, and I can use a certain language and a vocabulary and a lexicon. And then I'm, I can come over here, stand on the hood, be like, what's up, baby? You know what I'm saying? All day, all day, all Jesus, all day, all capital letters. You know what I'm saying? And so I can, I can roll over here. I can roll over there. If you want to talk about salsa, we hit up salsa. Well, watch it now. But if you want to talk about hip-hop, I got hip-hop. I never, never have step because I'm not a half stepper. If you want to call me, you can call me Dr. Pepper. All right. So I'm pre-wired for it. I, I'm predestined for it. So frustration happens when you're trying to make a demand on God for something. Listen, you got to know who you are. When you discover who you are and you just be free to be that, you don't have to worry about trying to be nobody else. I'm good at being Rick Pina. I'm good. I'm comfortable being Rick Pena. Say amen to that. So when you discover, see, you can't decide your destiny because God decided before the world began. So destiny must be discovered, and then you must yield to it. Say amen to that. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 11 from the Amplified. Ecclesiastes 3 and 11 from the Amplified. Elder Bell, can you come up here for a minute, please? So the Bible says this, Ecclesiastes 3 and 11, Amplify, you can throw it up there if you want. Uh, the Bible says, watch this, remember, uh, stand right here, remember, you, you stay there. Remember, remember last week when I was talking about God is in eternity and we're in time? So God is up here in eternity and you're down there in time. And you live your life out within the continuum of time. So for you, there's past, present, and future. For you, that, like there's some things that haven't happened yet. For you, you know, all of that. And God is up here in eternity. And when he speaks to us, God speaks to us from the position of the eternal now. So for God is always now, but for you, it may not happen for five hours, five weeks, or five months, or five years. But when God said it, it sounds like now because God, for God is always now because he's in eternity, right? He's not limited by time. And so he's in every time at the same time. God sees everything like that. So the Bible says in Ecclesiastes, throw it up there, Ecclesiastes 3.11 from the Amplified, that God takes eternity, say eternity. God takes eternity, uh, go back to the beginning of the verse. Uh, uh, so God takes eternity. The Bible says God has made everything beautiful in its time, and God has planted eternity 
in men's hearts and in men's minds. So he takes up their eternity, the things that he sees your whole life, right? And he implants eternity in your heart and in your mind, the Bible says, in time. And when he does it, it becomes a divinely implanted sense of purpose working through the ages, which nothing under the sun but God alone can satisfy. So what God does is that God takes things that are eternal to him but are future to you, but the things that are eternal to him are also past to him because he already saw it. So it's past to him, but it's future to you. And then he implants it in your heart and he implants it in your mind. And it becomes, the text says, a divinely implanted sense of purpose working through the ages, which nothing under the sun but God alone can satisfy. In other words, you will never be satisfied until you become what you saw. God reveals something to you. He gives you glimpses. Has God ever given you a glimpse? God will give you an open vision while you're awake. He will give you a a dream while you're sleeping. He will speak to you while you're driving. I don't know what it is about driving, but God speaks to me while I'm driving. God will speak to you while you're driving, while you're reading the Word of God. And if you're hard-headed, He will send somebody to prophesy because you're not listening. But God has a myriad of ways of talking to you, and God will take something from eternity and plant it in your heart and in your mind in time, and it becomes an an internally implanted, this divinely implanted sense of purpose working through the ages, which nothing under the sun but God alone can satisfy. In other words, now I'm living with an expectation of manifestation. I'm living with an expectation, and God is telling me that it's already done in eternity. It's only a matter of time in time, and so I'm living with an expectation of manifestation, and since God didn't tell me when it was going to happen, I'm supposed to live every day like it can happen at any time. So I get up in the morning, and I don't need nobody to pump me, prime me, nobody to get me ready, nobody to get me excited. I don't need no, no praise and worship team. I don't need none of that. As soon as my feet hit the ground, my calling is calling me. I get up, huh? what's that? It's my calling. What? It's calling me. So now my calling is calling me. I got way too much stuff that I'm believing God for that God revealed to me. He put it in my heart and he put it in my mind. It just hasn't happened yet. And I'm living with this expectation that it can happen at any time. So I'm living with this reality. That's why I got a spring in my step. That's why I got a song in my heart. That's why I got a smile on my face. Brother Pina, but you're going through a challenge. You're going through a circumstance. Why is it that you can come to work and whistle while you work? Because I have an expectation. Say amen to that. There's way too much stuff that God has spoken to me about that hasn't happened yet. There's way too much stuff. Listen, so what I'm, what I'm dealing with right now in this reality, in time, the reason why I'm not moved, I'm not moved by what I see. Yes. Yes. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, the unseen is more real to me than the seen. And so, so now I'm living off of a different reality, and I believe that it's already done. And in the Spirit, God reveals it to me. Okay, let me, let me, let me say it this way. Look at, look at me, Elder Bell. So, you're in, in your prayer closet right now. The Holy Ghost starts to reveal things to you from heaven. So, He reveals to you from heaven in the earth. He reveals to you from eternity in time. And then you have to leave your prayer closet and go live in time based on what you saw from eternity. 
You got to leave your prayer closet and go live in the earth based on what you saw from heaven. But let me say something about this. God can't reveal something. Let me grab something. So, you ever seen like a magician and the magician like peels back the curtain? When they pull back the curtain, they reveal what was concealed. But they can only reveal what's there. Let me slow down for the people in the back. If God reveals it, that means it's there. God can't reveal something that's not there. So when he pulls back the curtain and you see it, God is saying it's yours. And it's already done. And it's only a matter of time. So now I have to live down there with an expectation that at just the right time, this is going to come from the unseen to the scene. Yeah, 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 yeah. At just the right time. Why? It has to happen. Why? Because God showed it to me. It has to happen. Why? Because God is not a man. Okay, you can sit down. Watch this. Thank you, sir. Let me, let me give you a personal testimony, and then I'll keep teaching. So, uh, uh, the house that I'm in right now, Elder Bell, the house that I'm in right now, I didn't want to move. And so, so uh, uh, man, if you don't want to move, your wife probably shouldn't hang out with a real estate agent. So, Nikita, if you watch this later, I love you, girl, but don't be showing my wife no more houses. I don't want to move no more. So my wife is out there hanging out, and then they go, babe, I want you to go see this house. I'm like, no, for what? I ain't trying, you know, get man, we don't go look at stuff if we ain't going to buy it, right? All the day, I mean, like, I don't, I don't just go walk through the mall to look at stuff. No, if I ain't going to buy it, I ain't going. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I don't get no enjoyment out of that. So I'm like, I'm not going to look at a house if I ain't going to buy it. Come on, babe, come on, babe. So we go look, and we look at this house, and the Lord said, yeah, I want you to move, but it's not going to be this house. So first of all, I didn't even want to come. Second of all, now you're telling me I got to move. Now third of all, you're saying now I saw a house, but it's not this one. So anyway, long story short, it took me like nine months to finally, and it took me a long time to get to the level because I was looking on one level and I couldn't find that. God says, no, that's not it. Go to this level. And God was trying to get me up there, but it took me a long time. It took me nine months to find this house. When I finally found the house, it was Ephesians 3 and 20. It was exceedingly abundantly above. And when I finally found the house, I was like, my God. But God said, okay, finally, it's yours. It's done. It's already done. We get a closing date. I put down earnest money. Then I had to put down a down payment. I had uh, over $190,000 cash locked up in this house waiting on the closing. So we go to closing. And when we go to closing, uh, we were selling our house in Woodbridge. And we move in the Haymarket. So it was contingent upon selling the first house. So we had a closing in the Woodbridge house at 9 a.m. And a closing for the new house at 1 p.m. So I'm like, cool. I, I, we already took the kids out of school. We already got the mover schedule. We got, every, you know, everything. Like, we go to closing, and we're there ready for the people to show up to, that's buying our house in Woodbridge, and they didn't show up. I was like, what? Hey, hey, God, you remember this conversation we had, first of all? I was minding my own business. You know, I didn't even want to move. I just want to say that. I just wanted to slide that out there, you know what I'm saying? Just saying. 
I didn't even want to move. Second of all, then you told me this was a house. You know what I'm saying? All right, all right, cool. What you want? So then I go to the other closing. And they said, no, you can't close until you sell the other one. And then my kids were already at the house and my kids were already in their room. And now I had to go get them and drive back to the other house. That was one of my low points. Say low points. So I go back, Elder Damon. I was upset though. I was upset with God. Like you, you seen the movie, The Apostle? Where some people talk to God, he yelled at God. I was like almost at that level. You know what I'm saying? I was like, why, why you let, let this happen to me? So anyway, I get there, I'm frustrated. But this is what settled me down. God said that other house is mine. God can't lie. Like, I mean, he can't. It, it is impossible for him to lie. So I'm like, I tell the kids, I said, listen, this is going to be a faith lesson. I don't know what God is going to do, but I know God can't lie. And they go, hey, now you got 30 days. If you don't sell this house in 30 days, you could lose that $190,000. The devil is a liar. Jesus is the Messiah. That ain't going to happen. So I'm like, uh, so I'm like, all right, well, I said, I said to the kids that night, I said, I don't know what God is going to do, but God is going to do something because God can't lie. That other house is our house. I apologize that you couldn't sleep in that bed tonight, but you're going to be over there soon enough. Nine days later, say nine days. So from zero to nine days, watch this. So God gave us a new buyer. And from zero, I'm talking about new buyer, hasn't even filled out an application. From filling out an application to starting the process, to getting it into processing, to getting it into underwriting, everything, and to getting ready for closing, from zero to closing in nine days, say nine days. Nine days later, we closed. Nine days later, we signed. Nine days later, we moved in. But why am I sharing it? I'm sharing it because whenever there's a disconnect between this world and that world, you have to, that world has to be more real to you. That world has to be more real to you. Now, I didn't know what was going to happen, but I knew I was not going to lose the house, and I knew that God already said the house was mine. So one thing I kept reminding myself that God is not a man, 23, Numbers 23 and 19, and, and God cannot lie. So, so God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I do know what you said, and I'm living off of that reality. Now, we're going to stand in faith. Father, you tell us what to do next. You show us what to do. I'm talking about grace. It's already mine. It's already done. I'm talking about faith. I got to believe and I got to receive it. I got to trust that God is going to happen at just the right time, and not Nine days later, it came to pass. Amen to that. Amen. Amen. So I got to believe that it's already done. So let me break this down a little bit. So God has been to my future. I got to believe that God has been to my future. God has already seen my future map out. He's already, actually God planned it. It wasn't that he just saw it, but he planned it. It's one thing for you to watch a movie. It's different if you made the movie. So not only did God watch it, he made it. He made my movie. There's a book in heaven with my name on it. So he mapped it out already. So when God reveals to me what was prepared for me but concealed from me, he is revealing my future to me in the present time. So he's revealing the future in the present time. And now God expects me to live in the present time with, based on what God revealed to me about my future. So I'm not, live, I'm not making decisions in the present based on the present. I'm making decisions in the present based on what God revealed to me about my future. So I have to believe what God revealed to me. And if I'm able to believe what God revealed to me, and I'm able to make decisions now, say decisions. Faith is something you say. Faith is something you do. Faith is a seed that you sow. So if I'm making decisions now based on what God revealed to me about my future, that is called faith. Say faith. faith. 
So, so by grace, I believe it's already done. By faith, I'm making decisions now that are based on what God revealed to me about my, my future. So I have to believe that it's already done because God will never reveal something to me that's not there. And God will never reveal something to me. Here's another thing that, that people down here in this world do, but, but God doesn't do this in heaven. God doesn't renege. God, God is never going to show it to me and then be like, psych, I'm taking it back. So God never reneges. If God showed it to me, then it's already done. Say amen to that. Amen. All right, so when God reveals it to me, here's some things. Let me share three things about, with you about that. When God reveals it to me, okay, number one, God is saying I have the grace for it. Yeah. This, this means that the grace is already, say I have the grace for it. That means that the grace of God is already on me to do whatever he revealed. Number two, that God already gave me the faith for it. Say, I have the faith for it. Having the grace for it is one thing. Having the faith for it is another thing. And so, so, so Romans 12 and 3 says that God has dealt, like you deal in spades, God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. So God dealt to me the faith that I need to believe what he said. And so not only did God deal to me the grace to do it, God dealt to me the faith to perform it. So it's all about him, right? And, so, and then number three, I have to trust God's timing. So God gave me the grace, God gave me the faith, and God is going to show up at just the right time. And so I have to trust his wisdom and I have to trust his timing. And so looking back, watch this, the things of God are always happening at just the right time. Now there's a lot of times when we want it now and God doesn't do it now, God does it later. And when we get it later, we say, thank you God for not giving it to me when I wanted it. <laughs> because his timing, say God's timing is always perfect. So let's talk about grace, faith, and trust real quick. Uh, so grace is twofold. Remember, grace is twofold. So in one sense, when God reveals something to me about my future that is future to me but past to him, God is revealing to me what he wants to do, and he wants to bless me in a way that is unearned and unmerited and undeserved. And so, so the first thing I got to get past is the fact that God wants to bless me because God wants to bless me because God is good. Right? Because a lot of times we'd be like, well, especially those of us that grew up with a poverty mindset, a poverty mentality, we'd be like, whoa, I don't know. Why would God want to do that through me? You got to get past the fact that God wants to bless you because God wants to bless you because God is good. You didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. Watch this. Here's another thing. I have to get past the fact that I may make mistakes. Between now and the manifestation of it, Kenny, I may make some mistakes. And even if I make mistakes, God is not going to renege and take it back. So even if I make mistakes, I got to remind myself that it's still already done because God's grace is always unearned. So in another sense, not only is God's grace unearned, but the other opposite, the other aspect of God's grace is this empowering grace. Say empowering. So that aspect of grace means that I can do it, that God has called me to do what he's called me to do, and his super is on my natural. This means that I am able to do what I could never do without him. But this also means that I need him. Say, I need God. See, listen, uh, uh, Pastor Tony said this one time. He said, if you are only attempting to do the things that you can do without God, you've made Jesus irrelevant. So if you're not living, if you're not dreaming God-sized dreams, I'm talking to somebody right now, you're dreaming too small. 
If you're not believing on the level of God, if you're not attempting things that you can't do, if you're not believing God for projects that you can't fund, if you're not believing God to operate on levels that you don't have the education or the experience for, then you're not putting a demand on God. You have made Jesus irrelevant. Wouldn't it be a shame for you to walk around filled with the Holy Ghost, to be a God carrier, to carry around the glory of God for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, get to heaven and find out that you never let him out? You're taking God with you into every meeting, every conversation, all the activity. You're taking God with you on the Zoom call. God is with you on Zoom. And God is like, come on, let me out. Let me out. And if you only operate in the flesh, then you're walking around with God on the inside of you, and you're never letting him out. So then faith. Faith is me believing that what God revealed is already done, and I, I have to believe that it's already done, and it's only a matter of time. And watch this. If God did it immediately, then I wouldn't need faith. If God did it immediately, then I wouldn't need faith. Because if God did it right away, okay, fine. let me just use Mary as an example. So at first, Mary had to have faith, like, you know, when the angel came. But when she said, Lord, be it unto me according to thy word, bam, she got pregnant at that moment. Well, God basically manifested it in the same conversation. So she didn't have to believe like Abraham for 25 years. So if God does something immediately, then he already did it. Once you see it, you don't need faith. Faith is required when I can't see it. Faith is required when there's no sense from evidence to support it. And so, so the timing component actually makes my faith necessary. The fact that God is going to do it at just the right time actually makes my faith necessary. So faith is required in the space. Say the space. There's a space between the promise and the performance. And in the space between the promise and the performance, I am required to live by faith. And I can't waver in the space between the promise and the performance because if, watch this, in the space between the promise and the performance, the devil is going to stir up problems because he wants you to turn your faith switch from the on position to the off position. But if you maintain your faith, no matter what happens, you will see it come to pass. Say amen to that. And then lastly, trust. Uh, uh, so Ecclesiastes 3 and 1 from the easy to read version, let me read this for you. The Bible says there is a right time for everything and everything on earth will happen at the right time. This is, uh, look at this. There's a right time for everything and everything on earth will happen at just the right time. Say at just the right time. I got to trust that God is going to do it when God is going to do it. And when God does it, it's just the right time. God's timing is perfect. God operates, Elder Damon just said it, Pastor Tony was talking about moments, talking about this timing. God operates in times and seasons. God operates in levels and stages. And so, so in times and seasons, times change, seasons shift. You have to discern the timing of God. You have to discern that right now God is doing some things in the area of progress and progression for us. There is advancement acceleration, promotion, and increase. And that's what God is doing in this moment. He's accelerating some things for us. This is a season of restitution and the restoration of all things. This is a season for us to progress, to experience levels and levels and levels of blessing. But if you're not discerning the timing and you're not believing and receiving and you're not activating your faith, watch this. You could be in the same place at the same time the gospel was preached unto us as well as unto them, but it didn't profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. 
Wouldn't it be a shame for this to be a year progression for most of us? Would it be a shame for, for you to call your girlfriend after church and like, oh, girl, let me tell you something. Oh, my God, this is a year progression for me. Look at what God is doing. And then you like, you don't even want to say nothing because you're not believing God for nothing. We got to discern the time. This is a season of blessing. This is our moment. Say, this is my time. Say, it's my turn. Come on now, if you believe that, give God some praise. All right. I got a few more minutes. All right, let me give you some nuggets on this. Five quick nuggets, and then I'm going to go to my last scripture. Walking with God. Number one, walking in God's best requires you to stop asking God to put a yes on your plans. You got to believe that God already made plans for me from the foundations of the world. So living by faith means I got to start putting a yes on his plans. Number two, you don't perform and then expect God to move because you moved. Remember um, in the men's conference, Pastor DeMond Taylor uh, um, uh, Elder Damon, he was talking about uh, the vision, and he said the vision has movement, right? So I got to do something. But I'm not expecting God to move because I moved. I'm expecting I'm supposed to move because God showed me that he already moved. So in other words, I'm not moving and then asking God to move. I'm only going to move where he already moved. I'm only going to move where it's already done. So in other words, I am, watch this, like I shared with you last week about prayer. I'm praying to God the prayers that he already prayed over me. And so now what I'm doing is I'm discerning what's already done, and I'm moving in the steps that he already moved for me. And so I'm moving because God moved. I'm doing what I believe he already did. Faith is me doing what I believe is already done. And so now I'm launching out, we're going to sow the seed, we're going to write this check, I'm going to put this business plan together, we're going to fill out this resume, and we're doing it, why? Because we believe it's already done, and so now I'm doing what's already done. I'm praying back to God the prayers that he prayed over me, and I believe it's already done. Say amen to that. So faith does require action, and when God reveals to me what he already planned, then I have to go do it. And so, so let me say this last scripture, say last scripture. I told you before, though, I'm like the Apostle Paul. He said, finally, my brethren, and he went on for three more chapters. <laughs> All right, so, so your work is to do what's already done. Say, I am doing what's already done. All right, 2 Peter uh, chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, last scripture. I'm going to say something about this and we're done. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. This is what the Bible says. According as his divine power has given unto us all things. Say, all things. All things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us unto glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that we might be partakers of his divine nature, having escaped the corruption of the world through lust. So let me give you some things on this. And and, and so Peter is saying to us that God has given us all things. Say all things. All things that pertain unto life. Say life. And all things that pertain unto godliness. Say godliness. So godliness is whatever I need internal, right? So whatever I need on the inside to live a life, a godly life, a holy life, a, a life that is, that is uh, expressing God's divine nature, everything that I need internally is already mine. It's already done. He has given me all things on the inside. And watch this, watch this. That's godliness. But he also gave me all things that pertain to life. That is external. So everything that I need 
external to do what God has called me to do. All the money, all the connections, all the buildings, all the resources, whatever I need on the outside is already stored up for me. It's waiting for me to discover what's already mine. It's waiting for me. Watch this. So all things that pertain unto life, everything I need, everything I will ever need to accomplish God's divine assignment for my life, everything I will ever need to be successful, to be the man or the woman that God has called me to be, it's already mine. It's already done. It's already stored up. Say it's already done. So everything I need on the outside, it's already done. Everything I need on the inside, all the wisdom, the revelation, the insight, the knowledge, the understanding, everything I need to walk holy and upright in this world, it's already mine. It's already on the inside of me. God is not going to give me something. God already gave it to me. God is not going to give me the grace. God already gave me the grace. It's already in me. It's already on me. It's already with me. It's already for me. All things that pertain to life, all things things that pertain to godliness already given to me, but it's through the knowledge of Him. How do I gain it? Through the revealed knowledge. So what happens is, I don't know. I don't know what's already mine until God reveals it to me. But when God reveals, to, when God pulls back the curtain for me, and I'm able to see what's already mine, I'm able to see what's already done, then now I know everything that I need on the inside already done. Everything I need on the outside, already done. Now, why? Because it's through the knowledge of Him. So, I'm spending time with the Holy Spirit so I can discover what's already mine, so I can discover what's already done, so I can discover who I already am. I'm not trying to become that person. I already am that person. I just don't, I didn't know what person I was. And God is revealing me to me. God is showing me to me. And now I'm dying to self so I can become the me that God called me to be. Why? It's through revealed knowledge. It's through the knowledge of Him. That's why you do need to go to church. That's why it matters where you go to church. That's why it matters. Those of you that are watching online, it doesn't matter who you listen to because it is through revealed knowledge. Right now, I am preaching logos. Say logos. Logos is the written Word of God. But while I'm preaching logos, at the same time, the Holy Ghost is releasing rhema. Say rhema. Rhema is the spoken Word of God. So watch this. Those of you that are watching online, there's a voice behind my voice. There's a word behind my word. And so, so you're hearing whatever you need to hear. You're hearing this is a tailor-made word for you. If I stand right here at the end of the service, if I stand here at the end of the service and 10 people come up to me and, and they'd be like, oh, Brother Pina, oh my God, he was all up in my Kool-Aid. It's like you had a camera in my house. Oh my God, this was just for me. This was my word. And listen, this is what I'm going through. I go, okay, praise God. Okay, you know, I, it's not me. It's God anyway. <laughs> praise God. Then next person comes, oh, bro, 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 bro. Brother Pina, oh my God. This, and then, oh, well, you know what? They heard what they needed to hear. It's through revealed knowledge. I'm preaching right now, and at the same time, the Holy Ghost is speaking to you. He is revealing you to you. And let me say this as I close. Someone in this room, and it could be online, I just heard this. God just reminded you of something that you thought you had given up on because you thought God had given up on you. I don't know who that is, but you, you, get, you, should, you should give God some praise. The reason why God reminded you of it— God brought it back to your remembrance because God is saying, no, no, no. My giftings and my callings are irrevocable. I will never give up on you. I'm still going to do it. After all this time, you thought I had forgotten. No, I've never, I will never forget. You forgot and you thought you had messed up. I'm still going to do it. I don't know who that is. Whoever that is, give God some praise. Hallelujah.
Listen, listen. I'm telling you, it's already done. Stop striving to perform. Stop striving to obtain. Stop striving to make it happen. Your job is to believe. And when you believe what's already done, when God gives you that revealed knowledge, I'm telling you, you will be changed into that very same image from faith to faith, from glory to glory. We're standing all over the building. Give God some praise. Come on. All right, now let's give God some praise. Give God some praise. Hallelujah. Say, it's already done. Matter of fact, let's seal the deal. Let's speak over our lives. Say, Father, I thank you for this word. I believe and I receive what you just revealed to me about me. It was stored up for me. I can see it now. And I believe it's already done. I don't have to make it happen. It will manifest at just the right time. So, Father... I live with an expectation of manifestation every day. I believe greater is coming for me. Lord, be it unto me according to thy word and my declaration. In Jesus' name, amen. Give God some praise all over the sanctuary. Hallelujah. This is what we're going to do before we do the four things. I'm going to pray for every person that needs to seal the deal for what God just spoke to you today. Because while I was preaching, God was speaking to you about a lot of things that, that are future to you, but God wants you to know that it's already done. God doesn't want you to walk out of here and debate whether or not it's going to happen. Remember, God is not a man. He can't lie. But I want to settle the issue. Elder Damon started this thing with Hebrews chapter 4. We're going to close where I started. We're going to enter into God's rest. I was trying not to do this, but I got to be obedient. Run up here to the altar if that's you. Run up here to the altar if that's you. And then I'm going to just pray over you. You got to enter into God's rest. Stop stressing over it. Stop stressing over it. You've been debating. You're not sure. You've been like, oh man, I don't know if it's going to happen. Well, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And it's going to happen at just the right time. You've been wavering. You've been vacillating. Not sure. Those days are over. The promise of rest still remains. There's a a rest. I declare, I prophesy that that after today, you're going to sleep better than you've slept in a long time. You're going to enter into God's rest. You're going to be so settled in your spirit. Watch this. Watch this. You're going to be so settled in your spirit that God is going to restore your youth. God is going to restore your youth. There's been some people that that you lost some years worrying over some things. And God is going to restore it today. Like quickly. People are going to say, oh my God, girl. You've been working out? It's like... The stress is going to fall off of you. When you walk away from this altar, I declare that you walk away free. You're going to walk away light in the name of Jesus. Prepare, prepare. I'm not going to lay hands on anybody. I'm just going to pray for everybody all at once. But I want you to receive when I release it. For those of you that are at home, listen, you can receive. 
The same anointing that's here present is there. And so, so God doesn't have time or distance. The Holy Ghost is going to minister to the people here at the altar. Those of you that are at home, same thing. Stand up and raise your hands and receive. Listen. I'm going to pray, and then you receive it. And as you walk away, some of you are going to, going to start to shout and give God praise as you walk away because you're going to feel so light. There's a pressure, there's a heaviness that you've been walking with, and when I pray, it's going to fall off of you, and it's not coming back. The promise of rest remains. It's not coming back. You are walking and entering into God's rest, and it will not come back. You will live with a level of confidence and faith and trust in God's timing that, that, that this is the way that God wants you to live. Stress-free. Sleeping well. Know that God's got you. Say that. Say, God's got me. Glory to God. For those of you that are online, lift up your hands. Those at the, at the altar, lift up your hands for a moment. Father, I thank you for the word that you released from heaven. And now, Father, I declare that this is already done. Everything you spoke to these people, those that are watching at home, those that are right here at the altar, every revealed thing, all of this revealed knowledge that you gave them, I declare even now, I set my faith in agreement that they are entering into your rest. I come up against distressing anxiety. I come up against fear, doubt, unbelief, the spirit of suicide, the things that were robbing them of their sleep, the things that were robbing them of their joy. I, yes, Lord, the joy of the Lord is coming back. The joy of the Lord is coming back. The joy of the Lord is your strength. God will restore the joy and he's going to restore. He will restore the years that, that you lost. I declare your, new, your youth is being renewed even now. In the name of Jesus, your youth is being renewed. I declare new strength, new life, new joy, new hope in the name of Jesus. And now everything that was on you that was a heavy weight, I command it to fall off of you now in the name of Jesus. Amen.